0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Locked on Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories, your team, every day. I am your host, Ross Jackson, lead analyst for AllSaintsConsidered.com. And as always, I'd like to start with a big thank you and welcome to all of our newest listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been rocking with me for a minute, whether it's your first time or your next time. Know that I love hearing from everybody that tunes in, reads, and follows. So hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC, And of 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 course, that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, where you can find my, as well as other talented writers, articles, and podcasts, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news, opinions, and analysis for Saints fans by Saints fans. And for today's episode, we are talking through the pro football focus grades and analysis as we do every Tuesday. We'll start with the offensive performance and then jump over to the defense for our second segment. And then we'll wrap up the show by taking a look at the biggest news from around the league, including the lone Saints player to be selected to NFL.com analyst pro bowl selection prediction team. Um, There was only one Saints player that made it and it was on David Carr's offensive prediction team. So we'll talk about who that is is and all that and a little bit of land yap right here on locked on saints your team every day all right, so getting started with the pro football focus grades, I'm looking at the league rankings for the offense here. First of all, to just start off with the overall team ranking right now, the Saints sit second with a 93.9 grade per pro football focus. They are behind only the Rams, who sit with a 94.6 grade. So for the offensive side, they sit number three in terms of overall offense behind the Rams and Chiefs. They have a 92.0. When it comes to passing, the team sits in first with a 93.6, Drew Breeze still sits atop the entire league as the highest graded quarterback with a 94.5, receiving the Saints rank fifth with an 84.8. Michael Thomas is now Pro Football Focus's highest rated wide receiver at a 91.3 grade. And lastly, for run offense, the uh, Saints are second behind the Chargers with an 85.4. I'll circle back around to run and pass protection here in a moment. But first, let's take a look at our top five and bottom three for the offense against the Bucks For our top five, we've got Mark Ingram with an 87.7, Michael Thomas with an 84.2, Alvin Kamara with a 71.6, Ryan Ramchick with a 71 even, and Ben Watson comes in fifth with a 70.1. Bottom three, Keith Kirkwood, 48.6, Traquan Smith, 47.0, and Andrus Peach with a 29.8. Saints are also sixth in pass blocking and 16th and run blocking across the season, but did fare well against this week when it, uh, against the Bucks this week. When it came to pass blocking, they allowed only six total pressures, one sack, two hurries, and two hits. That one sack resulted in a fumble and turnover at the beginning of the second half. That was allowed. That sack was allowed by Ryan Ramchek. The best pass blocking grade of the game went to Max Unger individually. Uh, he was the only starting offensive lineman to allow zero pressures and was awarded an 85 point. Three. The entire offensive line, the entire starting five of the offensive line played 100% of the snaps in this game, which was good to see, especially because we're expecting to, run, expecting to see Teron Armstead back within the next couple of weeks. In terms of run blocking, the Saints found success again this week on the right side of the offensive line, finding their favorite gap at right guard as well as around the edge on the right end. 52 of their total 100 rushing yards came from those two areas, including 43 of Mark Ingram's 52 total rushing yards yards on his own. Now, when it comes to Drew Brees, Drew Brees struggled again this week, particularly while under pressure, uh, though he didn't see a ton of it. On a screen pass, Vinny Curry got through the line clean because of some confusion on the blocking assignment on the left side. Under that pressure, Drew Brees let a pass go that fell right into the hands of a Darius Taylor intended for Mark Ingram. That is probably the reason that Andres Pete's pass blocking grade is so low. Uh, you know, Remember, his overall grade was a 29.8 for this game. He was kind of at fault for the for Vinny Curry getting through without you know receiving any kind of contact, just got through completely clean. Uh, so that's probably one of the reasons why his grade is so low, even though he didn't allow a ton of pressures at all throughout the game. But that one was vital because it actually ended in a turnover. So for Drew Brees, that is now the third interception in the last three games that he's thrown, after throwing only one in the first ten games. All four of his picks this year have come while he's under pressure, and he currently holds a mere 78.8 passer rating when pressure gets through the line with a 61.5 completion percentage. However, when kept clean, he's thrown for a 79.6 completion percentage with a whopping 130.8 passer rating. So it's becoming very clear that the way to disrupt Drew Brees right now is to get in his face and to get pressure on him. And so having Teron Armstead coming back, uh, to protect his blind side is going to be huge. And then being able to get this full offensive line unit plugging away again as as they are. Remember that the Saints lost Michael Ola during this game, so Toronto Armstead coming back this week in particular would be helpful because then they're back with Jermon Bushrod being the swing tackle, which is sort of the role that Michael Ola has been playing over the course of the last few weeks, and it didn't look great for him because he ended up getting carted off the field, so I'm not sure that we'll be seeing him back at least anytime soon, certainly probably not for the rest of the season, being that there's only three games left. Uh, but hopefully, we'll maybe we'll see him back for the playoffs, but I'm not sure. But if Toronto Armstead comes back, then it's not as huge of a loss because you still have Jerron Bushrod who's perfectly capable of uh, playing that sub-tackle uh, jumbo package swing tackle guard role uh, once we get him back and so that would be a huge step for the Saints forward with Teron Armstead returning because obviously keeping Drew Brees clean is looking like a top priority for this team all right so that does it for the offense uh, in just a moment we'll be back to talk about the defensive grades we'll look at their league ratings across the NFL and then we'll also look at their individual performances in this game in this win against the Tampa Bay Bucks. stick around This episode is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing just like a heated car seat, but instead in shirts, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like base layers and long johns, heat on demand with the touch of a button and control your environment with Action Heat. Engineered to safely deliver up to 135 degrees of heat, powered by a rechargeable battery that can even be used to charge your phone and other electronic devices while you're wearing them. Action Heat is perfect for friends and family on your holiday gift list that enjoy the outdoors but want to keep warm available in women's and men's styles with new models released just before this past winter season make winter activities more enjoyable by keeping warm with action heat it's the perfect solution in even the most frigid winter weather get your own right now by visiting actionheat.com locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to activate the special offer just for our listeners and get 20 percent off of your entire purchase. That's 20% off, not $20 off. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout to save 20% off of your entire order. Stay warm while you enjoy the outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Alright family, welcome back. We're now ready to talk about the pro football focus grades and analysis for the Saints defense. Let's start with league ratings for the defense right now. This is where they sit across the NFL in terms of the entire season in defense, total defense. They rank third behind the Bears and Patriots with an 85.2 run defense second behind only the Bears with a 91.0 the Bears are sitting at 93.1. Demario Davis though is the third best run defending linebacker with a 90 90.3 grade uh, in terms of tackling the Saints sit third with an 88.5 pass rush they sit fourth with an 80.2 that includes 17 sacks in the last three games Cam Jordan is ranked as the number four edge rusher with a 90 I'm sorry with an 89.8 grade there and in terms of coverage it's been a season-long struggle they're still sitting at 23rd with a grade of 70.5 so let's take a look at our top five and bottom three for the defense against the Bucks, and then we'll break down that coverage grade a little bit more looking specifically at this week's win so top five for this game Sheldon Rankins who is the only player uh, this week only Saints player this week to get a grade above 90 he hits with a 90.4 Cam Jordan comes in second with a 78.7 AJ Klein in third with a 76.3 who had a day in terms of run defense he played very well and he also added a sack in this game as well and then he's followed up by PJ Williams with a 74.5 and Eli Apple with a 74.1 nice to see some secondary guys in there there. bottom three marcus williams had a 58.5 despite not missing a tackle in the entire game and only allowing one catch on his lone target and coverage for nine yards so i'm not really sure why his grades that deep i'll have to go back and look and watch the the game film a little bit more but sure why not Von Bell comes in with a 48.9 and it's just an odd low game for him who you know Bell's been great so far this season uh, he's credited with 41 yards allowed and a touchdown and then Craig Robertson comes in last place here with a 28.0 he played only one defensive snap the entire game and it was credited with Cameron Brate's second touchdown so not really a good play to touchdown allowed ratio for uh, for Craig Robertson this week but you know we all like him a lot so let's take a look over here at coverage. First of all, no single player on the Saints defense allowed more than 48 yards in primary coverage. Marshawn Lattimore, though not in the top five in terms of defensive grades, played very well, allowing only two catches on four targets for 48 yards. That was the most that any any secondary player or any defensive player had allowed in the game and uh, had the lone Saints takeaway in the final seconds with an interception on Jameis Winston. Eli Apple was targeted a total of nine times in coverage, but only allowed a single catch and had two pass breakups. The one catch that he allowed was for 21 yards to Mike Evans, but it was on the Bucks' final drive while the team was playing off the ball to prevent a late touchdown. P.J. Williams continues to play outstanding in nickel coverage, though he gave up some yards to Adam Humphrey early in the game. I'm sorry, Adam Humphreys early in the game. He locked down, allowing only four catches on six total targets for 46 yards. He matched up with three different receivers over the course of the game and demario davis free agent acquisition of the year if you ask me as well as sheldon rankins both added pass breakups as well in coverage sheldon rankins had a great great play if he you know if he wanted to he might have another career as a linebacker at some point in his career well yeah he'll have to he'll have to he'll have to trim a little bit but he played really well there when he dropped into coverage uh, i think that that pass breakup was on um Uh, Oh, it was on Chris Godwin, actually. Yeah, it was on Chris Godwin's where he just sort of slid over, strafed over to the right and just knocked the ball out of the air. It's good stuff by Sheldon Rankins. Good form. Uh, in terms of pass rush, the Saints' pass rush was greatly, it has been greatly improved over the course of the season, particularly since week eight, and they added four more sacks to their name against the Bucks this week, two of which by Cam Jordan, one by Sheldon Rankins, and one by AJ Klein, including those sacks. The Saints pressured Jameis Winston a total of 30 times, 24 alone by defensive linemen, and Cameron Jordan cashed in nine all by himself to the tune of two sacks, two hits, and five hurries. David Onyemata added four hurries himself, and Marcus Davenport had four pressures, including two hits. There is no doubt, I kind of talked about this in uh, yesterday's, or I guess this morning's episode slash yesterday's episode, the Monday episode, uh, about how since... Eli Apple has joined this team since the Saints traded for Eli Apple. Dennis Allen and the Saints defense have been able to play the game that they want to play. And a big part of that is pass rush. The pass rushing ability uh, for the defensive line and being able to send extra blitzers like linebackers because they have reliable linebackers on the Saints team now. And then you're able to lock down the outside corners or the outside perimeter with the corners that you have. P.J. Williams playing well in the slot. All of this has been... Sort of jump started from the moment that Eli Apple, uh, joined the team. If you want to know a little bit more about that, check out, uh, the, the, the December 10th episode, yesterday's episode, where I talked a little bit more about it in detail, but he has been an absolute just big time addition for the Saints and he sort of helped turn the Saints defense around uh, which was looking scary for quite a while and of course I can't go this entire episode without talking about taysom Hill in terms of pro football focus grades there's not really a lot to talk about here right taysom Hill uh, in terms of special teams grades gets a 72.7 for the game which is the second highest of the season following the Dallas game we actually had a 79 point eight but this was a game in which there's no there's just not, there's no metric. <laughs> there's no metric available to grade what Taysom Hill did during Sunday's game. Uh, you know, he, so he breaks through, he blocks his punt. But there's, there's not a, there's not a momentum shifting metric. There's not a a spark plug metric. There's not a game changer metric. So the only thing that I can do is take one moment here just to say that Taysom Hill was a big part of this win. And we've seen him do this several times before. We saw him, you know, convert uh, a fourth down against the Giants, the first fourth down that they had, that the Saints team had converted in that game, uh, with uh, a fake punt pass to Justin Hardy. We saw him run it up the middle in the, Baltimore Ravens game to keep that 20 play drive alive on a fake punt. We've seen him blast through on a third and two or th- yeah I think it was a third and two against the Atlanta Falcons for a huge gain in a first down when the Saints were down 33 to 38 and then sort of spark plug the offense there to help get to that win and fuel that victory. So he finds a way to do it again this week in Raymond James Stadium where things are usually weird for the Saints but he helped make things weird for the Bucs uh, and it was just a huge part of this game and I can't wait to see Turning Point. I want to see Turning Point because they need to talk about this. I tweeted the other day that I need to see Turning Point this week so I can see that punt block and all of the multiple angles in slow motion the way that God intended it. So hopefully we'll be able to see that here in a little bit. So all right, stick around because coming up next week, we talk about some of the biggest stories from around the league, including that lone, lone, lone Saints player on NFL.com analyst Pro Bowl selection prediction team. So we'll take a look at who that is, as well as some other coach movement in the NFL and some injury updates for running backs all over the place. All of that coming up right here after the break. All right, at Nation, welcome back. It's time for us now to take a look at some of the biggest stories from around the league. So let me start off with this lone Saints player that got selected to NFL.com's uh, offensive pro bowlers list. This is Derek Carr's list. These are predictions. These aren't the official uh, voting uh, results at all. But in terms of the one player that made it on either offense or defense, so offense was selected by David Carr, defense was selected by Willie McGinnis. Michael Thomas is the only Saints player to make it. No offensive linemen, no defensive linemen, no linebackers, neither of the running backs, anything like that. Just Michael Thomas. Oh, and of course, no Drew Brees, right? So they voted in Patrick Mahomes as the, uh, you know, he predicted Patrick Mahomes as his pro bowler. Now, of course, these aren't broken down AFC and NFC, but I still feel like there was a little bit, I, I don't know. National analysts do a really good job at forgetting about the Saints and everything. And that really kind of works to the Saints' advantage because the hype doesn't get too crazy and things like that. I guess it's an advantage of a small market team. But of course, like, the Chiefs had tons of players on the offense, and then the Bears had tons of players on the defense, which I'm not mad at the Bears having a ton of players on the defense. But I just expected to see a few more Saints players populating that Pro Bowl list. But that's fine. That's fine. We'll see what happens with the actual uh, Pro Bowl results come through for this game. And hopefully, fingers crossed, none of the Saints players that are selected to this Bowl will be able to play anyway because they're going to be busy prepping for the Super Bowl. That's the ideal situation right there some more coaching movement up north here in the nfc the vikings have fired offensive coordinator john de filippo uh he had not the greatest performance or his team rather had not the greatest performance on monday night where they went two for ten on third downs one for two in the red zone and then only scored seven points against the seattle seahawks and those seven points came in garbage time very late in the game they might have had the opportunity to put some more points on the field i'm sorry some more points on the board uh depending upon the questionable non-call of Bobby Wagner leaping over the offensive line to block the field goal. But considering the way that they had been playing that entire week or throughout that entire game, I'm not too entirely sure that that would have actually equated into points anyway. But look, they hadn't scored more than 24 points in the last six games. They decided that it was time to move on from John D. Filippo so he is no longer the Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator. And when it comes to running back news across the league, we've got some updates. It looks like the Chargers might be without their top two Two guys, both Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, reportedly unlikely to play this weekend or this week, rather, because they play on Thursday against the Kansas City Chiefs. That would mean that you should go all in on Justin Jackson in terms of fantasy starters for that game, especially if you're doing uh, any of the DraftKings showdowns or anything like that. Make sure you check those out. Uh, but definitely Justin Jackson's the guy you want to lean on if you're looking for a running back this week. It's my opinion, 100%. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing because I have been cycling through both Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. And all season, and of course, I'm coming up in the. You know, we're deep into the playoffs now, and they're both out. But you know that that is that's how fantasy football goes. Uh, as for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It looks like Mike Tomlin is not yet ready to rule out running back James Connor for this weekend's matchup. They were without him in week 14 after he suffered an ankle injury in week 13. Uh, they were rolling with starter Jalen Samuels, who had only 28 rushing yards, but did contribute 64 yards through the air. In related news, Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, who was injured on Sunday uh, and missed a couple of snaps, seems to be ready to play. He said he expects to play at least this Sunday against the Patriots. So they might be getting Ben Roethlisberger and James Connor back, which would be a huge boost for that Steelers team that just suffered a loss to the Oakland Raiders on that last second field goal mishap that they had uh, in that game. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for coming through. Make sure you come back tomorrow. Bill Rochette and I of Locked on Panthers will be discussing and previewing the Saints and Panthers game for Monday night. Huge game, big divisional game. Uh, for the Saints who are looking probably to try to win out for the rest of the season in order to maintain that first seed in the NFC. So we'll be back with that. So thank you so much, everybody, for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Rosh Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you mom and them Find Locked On Saints on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you get your podcast from, just be sure to subscribe so you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Rate, share, review, retweet. Thank you so much for all your support and helping me grow this family. This Has been locked on Saints and trust who that nation? I'll holler at you. Hey everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked On Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcast from.